Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Volume. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Now me, I'm big on quarterback bets. So Patrick Mahomes, I'm all in on a whole bunch of different bets with him. Brock Purdy, I'm all in on a whole bunch of different bets with him. And if there's any Taylor Swift bets that are available, I'm all in on them as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Oh, well, boxing just can't give us nice things, can it? Every time it seems like we have something good happening in boxing, something bad happens to screw it up. And I'm, of course, talking about the collapse of the Tyson Fury-Alexander Usyk fight just weeks before the event was scheduled to take place in Saudi Arabia. If you missed this story, and I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what happened. But just to recap, on Friday morning, or Friday early afternoon, depending on where you are, I reported that Tyson Fury had a significant injury or a significant cut that he suffered in a recent sparring session. And that cut 
was going to force him out of the fight against Alexander Usyk. This was not a minor injury. Fury, later on in the day, released a picture of the cut. It looked like a pretty significant gash. And if you remember, this is the same area that Tyson Fury suffered a cut against Otto Wallen. That cut required 40, 50 stitches and kept him on the shelf for a while. This one didn't look quite as bad, but it definitely looked significant enough to warrant withdrawing from the fight. Now, the aftermath, there was some speculation that this card could be salvaged. I talked to Agus Klimas, the manager of Alexander Usyk, and he said they were going to try to find a replacement opponent. Uh, he told me that Usyk had worked really hard in this training camp. He worked hard over the holidays. Uh, he missed a birthday. I think he said he missed a birthday for one of his kids as well. Uh, he didn't want to waste it. He had put a lot of time into getting ready for this championship fight and wanted to showcase his skills, wanted to fight. I mean, look, Usyk, he has become really a once-a-year fighter since 2020. And that, that's not really by his choice. He's just been kind of a prisoner of certain situations, a prisoner of the Anthony Joshua deal, a prisoner of the pandemic, a prisoner of kind of waiting to see what Tyson Fury was going to do in 2023. So... Usyk didn't want to put himself in a position where at 37, he would have to be on the shelf for a long time. And there were some overtures, I was told, that were made to Philip Hergovich, who is the IBF mandatory for uh, one of Usyk's belts. Uh, Hergovich later came out and said, hey, give me that fight. I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, he did fight just this past December on the Day of Reckoning card. And uh, look, I, Hergovich is no fool. He knows that even if he's not in full training mode right now, the chance to fight for the unified championship and collect the kind of money he would collect in Saudi Arabia, those don't come along every day. So he would have made it work if Saudi Arabia, their officials, wanted to make it work. But the recent announcement Friday evening by His Excellency Turkey al he Sure sounds like this card is is totally done. And that includes some good fights in the undercard. There was Jaya Pattaya coming back. He was going to fight uh, Maris Bredis in a rematch. That was a terrific cruiserweight fight. There were some other fights as well. But it sure sounds like this entire Ring of Fire card is is off. Now, maybe some of these fights can be bumped a couple of weeks to March 8th. That's when Anthony Joshua is going to face France Ngannou back in Riyadh. Uh, I'm sure that some will wind up on that date. Would love to see Apataya against Breedis wind up on that date. That's an excellent fight. But for now, this is where we stand. The February 17th uh, card uh, appears to be off, and we'll see what happens with Tyson Fury. And, and one thing I was told as far as this cut was this is not something where his return is going to be measured in weeks. It's going to be measured in months. Um, that cut is going to need some time to heal, it's probably going to need some stitching. And, you know, by the time he's ready to get back into sparring and to you know, take punches on that cut, it could be summer, maybe even later. I mean, one thing Agus Klimas told me was, you know, we could be talking about next Riyadh season, which would be the fall of 2024 or even the spring of 2025. We just don't know. So it, it, it really puts in jeopardy a title unification fight between Fury and 
Alexander Usyk, which would have been the first, which would have crowned the first undisputed heavyweight champion in about 25 years. So that's a huge bummer. Now, where do both these guys go if they don't make the fight between each other? Um, I mentioned Hergovich, and look, that IBF title is going to be something Alexander Usyk has to figure out because the way it was going to work with the IBF is that they would have sanctioned Usyk Fury for the undisputed championship. No doubt about that. But in the immediate aftermath of that fight, the plan was for the IBF to order Hergovich to fight the winner. And it was widely expected that the winner would not fight Philip Hergovich because there isn't a ton of money in it. The money would be in a fight with Anthony Joshua. The, the money would be in a rematch. Um, it just wouldn't be with Philip Hergovich. So Hergovich would have fought for a vacant title against the next man up, whether it's Joseph Parker, Danny Dubois, uh, guys that are in the IBF rankings. Now, look, the IBF's going to order that fight. You know, one thing about the IBF, and you can quibble with their rankings and how they don't seem to move the top guys around very much, but when they make a rule, they tend to follow it. And their rule is that Philip Hergovich is next man up, and they're going to order the fight, and if Usyk doesn't take the fight, they're going to strip Alexander Usyk of his heavyweight title. Now, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing... Usyk against Herkovich. And I don't think Usyk would mind seeing Usyk against Herkovich. I think Usyk is down to fight whoever. And he knows the challenge that is Philip Herkovich. Herkovich is an ex-Olympian. He uh, has some quality wins on his resumes, most notably a win back in 2022 over Jay Li Zhang. That win has aged really well in the aftermath of Zhang knocking out Joe Joyce twice last year. So this is a fight that I think can get made in the first quarter of this year. Because uh, I think Usyk will move forward with it. Hergovich, we know, wants that title shot. Will the Saudis want to put on another card? Hard to hard to say at this point. But I think that's got a pretty good chance of happening in uh, the first quarter, or at least the first half of 2024. As for Fury, you know, we'll see. You know, one of the reasons I'm skeptical, at least initially, about this fight getting rescheduled is, look, let's just play out this hypothetical. Anthony Joshua fights France Ngannou on March 8th. Anthony Joshua looks great against Ngannou. Joshua knocks out Ngannou in like the third round. This would be a lot of momentum for Joshua to fight Tyson Fury. And while Fury would love to unify the division, become undisputed champions, a feather in his cap, he's under no obligation really to do it. Um... You know, I don't know exactly what the contract terms are between Fury and Hergovich or Fury and uh, Usyk, but something tells me that if Fury decided he wanted to fight Anthony Joshua, there's really nothing anybody can do about it. You know, Usyk's not a mandatory challenger for Tyson Fury. Uh, and look, we know that the Saudis, they kind of like the idea of Fury against AJ. That's part of the reason that AJ was fighting on March 8th, just a couple of weeks after Fury against uh, against Usyk. You know, there was a plan in place for the winner of Fury Usyk to fight the winner of Joshua Ngannou. And, you know, from a British perspective, a lot of people were rooting for Fury in that fight and a lot of people rooting for AJ in that fight so we can finally get a battle between two of the biggest heavyweight stars in UK boxing history. Two guys that, if they wanted to, would sell out Wembley Stadium in a New York minute and would be a big event if the fight took place in Saudi Arabia. So I'm a little skeptical off the bat that 
even when Fury heals, that will get a rescheduling of Fury against Usyk, especially if AJ looks great on March 8th. I think there's a real possibility we could see AJ and Fury sometime this summer, early fall, if that happens, and they'll kind of kick the can with Usyk down the road. That sucks for Alexander Usyk because, look, he's got three titles. He's undefeated. He's the former undisputed cruiserweight champion who's looking forward to test his skills against Tyson Fury, and he just turned 37 years old. So the clock's ticking on Usyk's career in boxing. You could fight Filip Perkovich. That'd be a good fight. Uh, you go down the heavyweight list. He could fight... I guess you could fight Jay Li Zhang, although that's a challenging fight, fighting a southpaw that big. Um, you know, Jared Anderson over in the U.S. is certainly an option. Frank Sanchez is certainly an option. These are good fights, but they're not high-profile fights. So my concern with uh, Usyk is that he winds up kind of frozen out of that marquee fight that he believed that he was getting. And the buildup and the promotion, I mean, you saw it was great. It was great. That promo that was released for Ring of Fire was one of the best promos I've ever seen. Kind of these two guys, like, in the Old West. I mean, it was just a lot of fun. This fight would have been great. And there would have been a lot of stake, too, because Fury, you know, coming off that disappointing performance against France Ngannou, he had a lot to prove. Usyk, the chance to be undisputed in two big weight classes, undisputed cruiserweight champion, undisputed heavyweight champion, that would have been... That would have punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame if he hasn't punched it already. Um, and now, you know... We'll see what happens. So, bitterly disappointing. I will say this: like this, I've seen some skepticism, some criticism about Tyson Fury on social media. Not surprising, of course. But I mean, come on, like he, he's not—he's not ducking Alexander Usyk two and a half weeks before their fight. He didn't intentionally cut himself. It's not a fake cut. That's a real cut, and you can't fight with that. You can't because the second a cut like that gets touched, it opens up all over again, and all of a sudden you're fighting with one eye. Doesn't work that way in boxing. It's a huge bummer, but it's kind of the price of doing business when you're trying to make marquee fights. Something like this can happen. I do think Fury's got a real bone to pick with the guy he was sparring against. If that video that, that Fury put out there is legit, um, he took an elbow. Like, what the hell is a sparring partner doing throwing that kind of shot on the inside? You are a sparring partner. Yes, it's your job to mimic the actions of the guy you're sparring with's future opponent. But, you know, I've seen watched the video a dozen times, and that elbow kind of swung, and I'd be pretty pissed off if I was Tyson Fury. That, that's for sure, because uh, that cost him a pretty big payday. It cost him a marquee event. It cost him a chance to silence all the critics that are still out there questioning him. So it's a bummer. We'll see what happens from there. But that's where we're at. Uh, Fury Usyk is done. Uh, could it be rescheduled? Maybe. Could something else come up? Probably. Some, probably, especially. Keep an eye on that AJ and Ganu fight on March 8th. But uh, that's where we are right now. A major fight taken off the schedule, and now the future of the heavyweight division very much unclear with its top two guys uh, on the shelf right now waiting to see what is next. That's it for this week's bonus episode. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 